Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 260 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we continue with our study of 3rd Nephi 8-11, to covered in September the 14th to September the 20th. Today we're going to continue with our study, looking at 3rd Nephi chapter 9, uh, under the title, If I Repent, the Saviour Will Gather, Protect and Heal Me. So the destruction has taken place, the signs of his death have occurred, and now the people are uh, suffering under three days of intense um, darkness, pitch blackness, which could be cut with a knife. Uh, and it was so thick that uh, light wouldn't work. Um, we then get the voice of Christ speaking to all the people. And I love, the again, the imagery of this. It says in verse 1, And it came to pass there was a voice heard among all the inhabitants of the earth upon all the face of this land. Now, obviously, I think that it is referring to this voice being to all the people of the new world. Uh, I don't think that this voice was heard uh, beyond the land of the Nephites and the Lamanites. Uh, we don't know that for certain, but we we do know that it wasn't heard in the old world in Jerusalem. Uh, but this is still a very important uh, moment uh, because they, they all hear this voice calling them to repent. Joseph Fielding McConkie said this, quote, Twice during that terrible night of darkness that attested to the death of Christ in the old world, the voice of the Redeemer spoke to those in the new world. I do not think I overstate the matter in suggesting that the world has never known a more dramatic teaching moment. The audible voice of the Lord had been heard speaking from the heavens before, but never to such an extensive and numerous audience. Close quote. This was a really big teaching moment. Uh, and so we are fortunate that we have this recorded in the Book of Mormon, and we would do well to listen to it and to, to learn something from it. Now, to begin with, Christ begins by saying, Woe, woe, woe unto, the, unto this people, woe unto the inhabitants of the whole earth, except they shall repent, for the devil laugheth and his angels rejoice. Um, so the Saviour is, is using this three woe pronouncements, which we see um, dotted throughout the Book of Mormon, but usually uh, when it is used, it's a very important moment. And so this is an important moment uh, for the uh, for the Saviour to be teaching about the danger of sin and how now, more than ever, they need to repent. Uh, the devil does not force us to do anything. Yeah, in fact, he laughs when we uh, make those choices because he has managed to, to trick us or to, to tempt us into that. Elder Robert D. Hales said this, quote, I don't uh, I'll stop here. It is our sins that make the devil laugh, our sorrow that brings him counterfeit joy. Although the devil laughs, his power is limited. Today I want to convey in absolutely certain terms that the adversary cannot make us do anything. He does not lie at our door, as the scriptures say. He does lie at our door, as the scriptures say, and he follows us each day. Every time we go out, every decision we make, we are either choosing to move in his direction or the direction of our Saviour. But if the adversary must depart, but the adversary must depart if we tell him to depart. He cannot influence us unless we allow him to do so, and he knows that. The only time he can affect our minds and bodies, our very spirits, is when we allow him to do so. In other words, we do not have to succumb to his enticements. Close quote. There are indeed decisions we make every day. And of course, the best thing to do is to recognise it when he is tempting us to move away from the Saviour uh, and make those decisions then not to do so. Um, because, of course, if we need to repent of, the, of those decisions, then that is more difficult than not making them in the first place. 
However, uh, we are given the blessing to be able to repent. After the Saviour lists the cities and the destruction that has happened and the reasons why, he then says something very interesting in verse 13. He says, All ye that are spared, because you were more righteous than they, will ye not now return unto me and repent of your sins and be converted, that I may heal you? He is speaking to those that are left, and he is saying that they were the more righteous part of the people. I mean, they certainly were, but they were certainly by no means perfect. Not one of them was. And the more righteous still had to be given the message to repent. And so when we read the scriptures and we read the messages to repent, I think that we need to remember that that, that they apply to us, to, to any of us, no matter who we are, no matter where our status is with the Saviour. We could be in, our, in the depths far away from him right now, or we could be on a real spiritual peak at this moment. Whoever we are, we still need to repent. And I think that it's only take, it's taken this long until this study of the Book of Mormon for me to realise and understand that many times we see the messages to repent in, in the scriptures, they apply to me every time I read them, not just when I've made big, big mistakes or I'm you know, struggling with some of my faith. But I need to repent whenever I hear those words inviting me because it's a blessing to repent. We need to be repenting daily. Um, and we need to recognise uh, our sins and that we have sinned. Um, James E. Faust uh, said this, quote, The denial of our own sins, of our own selfishness, of our own weakness is like a crown of thorns which keeps us from moving up one more step in personal growth. Perhaps worse than sin is the denial of sin. If we deny that we are sinners, how can we ever be forgiven? How can the atonement of Jesus work in our lives if, if there is no repentance? Close quote. We need to recognise that you know, we, we do sin, every single one of us. And so we always have the opportunity to change and become slightly better on that path of personal growth. Um, the Saviour then announces himself in verse 15. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I wonder, you know, how the people felt at this time. There will, of course, be great sorrows and great sufferings and um, depression throughout the land. You know, three days of, of complete blackness and darkness is... Very difficult to imagine uh, how you would feel during that. And of course, there is the fact they don't know whether, I mean, if they've got separated from loved ones and they cannot find them because of the intense darkness, then that would be a very difficult thing to do. Uh, you know, there is just going to be intense suffering during this time. So to hear the voice say that he is Jesus Christ, for some, for many, maybe, it maybe will have brought great joy. But some, for certain, it would have brought fear uh, because they know or they would have known that they were not living the way they should have. Uh, and I think that, you know, for us, we need to understand that when the Saviour does come again, um, we do not need to fear. No matter who we are, no matter how far we've gone from him, as long as we are, do, well, I mean, even if we are not at this time trying our best, we need to at least understand who he is. I think the, the most important thing is we need to understand who our Saviour is, that he is not someone to fear. Even if we have made mistakes, he opens his arms and welcomes us to him. But we need to understand that he has a loving you know, nature and that he is merciful to us because he has done what he needs to do to make it possible for us to return back to him. We need to reach out uh, and, and make those steps towards him. In verse 19, it says, And ye shall no more offer up to, unto me the shedding of blood. Yea, your sacrifices and your burnt offerings shall be done away. So he announces that the law of Moses is fulfilled and that burnt offerings are no more required. Elder D. Todd Christopherson said this, 
Quote, the Lord said he would no more, no longer accept burnt offerings of animals. The gift or sacrifice he will accept is now a broken heart and a contrite spirit. You can offer the Lord the gift of your broken or repentant heart and your contrite or obedient spirit. In reality, it is the gift of yourself, what you are and what you are becoming. Is there something in you or in your life that is impure or unworthy? When you get rid of it, that is a gift to the Saviour. Close quote. It could be a very simple thing. It could be, um, you know, something we're doing on a Sabbath day, which perhaps draws our attention away from the Saviour or from our family, which is very small. It could be, you know, very, very small, very minute things. But when we give up or when we change those things, that in itself is a wonderful gift to our Saviour. And he is very pleased when we make those changes so that we can be closer, even closer to him. Uh I want to finish with this quote about repentance by Elder, uh, by sorry, by Joseph Philly McConkie and Robert L. Millett. They said, quote, President Ezra Taft Benson explained, most repentance does not involve sensational or dramatic changes, but rather is a step-by-step, steady and consistent movement toward godliness. Becoming Christ-like is a lifetime pursuit and very often involves growth and change that is slow and almost imperceptible, close quote. Once again, you know, we seem to come back to this message very often, uh, you know, and we were taught it during General Conference uh, a couple of conferences ago by President Russell M. Nelson. Repentance does not require huge dramatic changes. It does not require a complete abstinence from, you know, absolutely everything in our lives right this second. All that requires is that we are making our efforts to do so, to change, to become better, to make those slow, small, step-by-step progresses. Of course, if we can, if we can make a big change uh, and, and a change that is long-lasting, then of course that is wonderful as well. But repentance is often, is more often, those small imperceptible changes to help us become more like our Saviour. And we all require that, that change. And the Saviour will help us to do so. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do uh, follow us on Facebook at Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Uh, You can join the study group there and share what you've been studying, whether it relates to what we've been studying on the podcast or not. Uh, You can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you'd like to join in a future podcast episode as well. Thank you very much for listening. And until we meet again.